It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. Welcome once again to Know Your Legal Rights. My name is Don Crawford Jr., the grateful owner of KWAM Radio, God Country, Texas, right here on 770 AM. And I'm sitting with my partner, my co-host, my good friend, Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hi, Don. How you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. It's good to see you and hear you again. Um, today, sir, we want to talk about new bills that are now surfaced, and we have some federal ones and some state ones, some macro and some micro discussions today, so the audience is current as to what could happen imminently. Okay, well, yeah, I thought that since, um, of course, the state legislative session is going on as we speak, and um, that there's going to be some things that change, uh, you know, like any type of planning, when there's change, you have to think about it mm-hmm. and see how does it affect you. I'll, but first, I'll, I'll mention a federal bill that's likely to pass because it has bipartisan support, and that's a new 401k. Uh, you know, 401k, usually like employers um, have it where the employer and perhaps the employee can contribute to a retirement account. Mm-hmm. Uh, so think of it like a re- like a retirement account. Because uh, it is, and there are certain rules regarding retirement accounts. Of course, when you take out of a retirement account, you get income taxed. Um, you know, there's rules re- regarding IRAs that uh, your money grows tax deferred until you're 70 and a half, and then the year that you're 70 and a half, you have to start making out required minimum distributions. And then, uh, of course, also just as a kind of a prelude. Uh, nowadays, you, if you have a spouse and you die, then typically to defer taxation, uh, you roll over the IRA into the name of the spouse. So then they start taking out, if once they're 70 and a half, uh, or, or if that person's already over 70 and a half, they still have the IRA without having immediate income taxation. Okay. And then if it's a child or somebody else who's a beneficiary, they usually have three choices. That is to either take the money, the retirement account money, and then get immediately income taxed, or take it over five years, or stretch it out over their life expectancy. So uh, let's give an example just so that you understand, and then we'll see what the new rules are. Uh, under, right now, if you have a, a let's say you had a child uh, and you had a $100,000 retirement account, if they take that money uh, immediately, cash it in, withdraw it, then they're income taxed on $100,000 or whatever their individual tax rate is. Let's say that the child B takes it out over five years. So, well, that's roughly five and a hundred thousand is twenty thousand dollars a year, approximately. Of course, the, hopefully, the the assets grow a little bit, so it's not exact at twenty thousand. And also, your life expectancy changes a little bit each year, a little bit less life expectancy. But the rough idea is, you know, taking out twenty thousand a year. All right, now let's say that the person was a younger person that was 
had a 50-year life expectancy. Well, that's only $2,000 a year that your income tax, and the money continues to grow tax-deferred. So usually, although I don't consider myself a financial planner, and of course it depends on the person's situation, but usually it's better to, often it's at least better to uh, make, if you don't need the money, to go ahead and invest and let it grow tax-deferred. Now, now, having said that, a lot of times people will say, well, I just want the money right, right. now. So, but, but now, so now that you know what the somewhat what the rules are, uh, obviously gets a lot more complicated. Sure. Uh, there's been less people who have been establishing, less employers establishing 401ks. Um, maybe for various reasons, uh, maybe it's expenses, whatever. I think scrutiny too. Yeah, yeah, possibly. You want to avoid that. Yeah, yeah. So the gov- and, and and a lot of people are not saving for retirement, mm. and of course we're living longer. Mm. So Congress thinks it's a good idea to save for retirement. All right. So th- there's a proposed bill called the Secure Act, um, and on that bill. Uh, they're, they're going to give a credit. Now, it may not be. This is probably going to be mostly small employers, uh, small business employers. That is. What's that? Fifteen probably, under or? Yeah, I, prob- okay. probably something like that. Because because right. the credit's not that great. It's like five hundred dollars, mm. and the but it's automatic enrollment in the credit. So there is some advantage to doing it, and the and with the new bill, uh, you know, in the past you contribute to your at least 70 and a half or you can under this new proposed bill you could even you could even make uh, contributions after age 70 and a half in addition in addition to that though uh, there is some things about um, well first of all that gives the employee free reign to do what what they want at least it had given some autonomy and maybe something for the future of course Sometimes people need it. I know we have a 401k, and a couple of my employees have had to borrow against their 401k for either one reason or another. Uh, so you could do that uh, if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And so it's just it's good for the employee and uh, and, and the employer also uh, because they have certain tax advantages. Sure. Um, now with this proposed bill, uh, the, the remember we talked about the different stretches. We said five, either zero, me take immediately, take it out over five years, or take it over a lifetime. The only major difference between the House and the Senate bill is the Senate wants to limit it to five years, and the House wants to limit it to 10 years. Now, by the way, part-time employees can also participate in this, which is different than uh, usually a 401k would normally have. So, so again, now let's talk about the same scenario we talked about before. So, uh, if you have this four, new four hundred one k, then you would uh, either have to take it out over five years. So, in the example that we had before, that was one of the options: twenty thousand a year, or if it's under the House bill, ten thousand dollars a year. So, it and why did the, why would Congress want to limit that? Well, of course, they get their taxation. Their the tax dollars quicker, mm-hmm. so one of the things that's always been in the budget, um, whether it was Obama or or Trump uh, or anybody else probably uh, in recent years, the you see if can you imagine with all the money that's in retirement accounts, if you had to pay 
the, the let's say the inherited the person who had the inherited IRA, uh, all their taxes within five years. That would be a substantial reduction in the federal deficit. Mm-hmm. What may not be popular politically, but uh, it would certainly reduce the deficit. And so, usually, when you have a proposed balanced budget that the you know usually that uh, the White House usually submits each year, the they always say we're going to limit the retirement accounts to like five years as far as stretch. Right. And that would make a substantial difference. Um, um, now, I'm not saying I'm promoting that uh, just because I think, you know, we might have, want to have a less of a deficit. But uh, it's, so it's, but it's easy to understand why the proposed bills, on one hand, are encouraging and saving for retirement, yet not having the same situation, uh, uh, taxation uh, being withheld for a long period of time. Okay. Yeah. So that's a federal bill. All righty. Um, there are several state bills that are presently before us. Um, I don't know which ones you might think it might not be important or not, but mm-hmm. I wrote down some that have to deal with either uh, either elderly or probate, but we could talk about any one of these things. Sure. One of the, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, one is dealing with uh, digital assets, you know, digital assets are like Facebook or Twitter or, um, you know, different social media or online accounts. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a lot of places like Facebook have a license, so they don't have to take down anything uh, even if somebody dies. Uh, they have the rights to it. And so there's been acts to try to Past to make it easier for to have access, so even our uh, legislature has have has in one of the bills a proposal to uh, require disclosure of the electronic communication to the executor from on these types of things. Mm-hmm. And it goes to show you that um, times are changing. Um, when we think about times changing, you know, if you had an older will or power of attorney, and nowadays we always mention uh, digital assets in powers of attorney or online accounts or or um, wills rather, uh, because it's gotten to be so prevalent now. You know, so an older will or trust or power of attorney probably we wouldn't mention that, but now it should be that most people probably have at least an online account or something that may have privacy. So, for example, I had a a friend who died a couple years ago, but I got something uh, on from Facebook said, wish him a happy birthday. Mm-hmm. And so you may want to take down some of that type of things. And, right. and right now, there, there, it's, more, it's more difficult because the way it's arranged. So our law is changing with the culture. You know, we were talking off the air just a minute ago about uh, some sort of a, a revival-type trust where people are, uh, are having their bodies frozen. Some people are thinking about an estate planning with trust with somebody who's bodies are frozen, mm-hmm. hoping to come back alive. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, that could be issues about taxation and uh, are you going to tax the person twice when they get revived? Mm-hmm. What about the heirs making contests and things like that? Wow. But, but but why do I even mention that is because it, you see, as times, as technology advances uh, and things happen, uh, the planner has to think about those types of things, <clears throat> and you see that that's why... Uh, whatever you might have today, here 
a few years ago you might not even uh, considered because it wasn't uh, like digital assets like the that have come upon the scene in the last sure. decade or two. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's like a um, a treasure chest of of information, like you said, that's private in everyone's cloud too. I mean, I could sit here right now. Pull my phone out, take a picture of you, and it goes straight to the cloud. Yeah, uh, or a picture of the wall, um, and that's now a possession. And I guess it's fair to say that that's worth something to somebody, or as you said, it's private and it's got to be regulated somewhat. Yeah. So there's tr- different laws mm-hmm. that are occurring, and you know, it's it's just one of those things. That's why nothing stays the same. We usually have a lot of times with our clients, we have what we call maintenance meetings. See if Health, if their health has changed, uh, has relationships changed? People get divorced. People get uh, may have credit issues. People might have health uh, health issues, mm-hmm. uh, and of course the laws change. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like every year when we we have our annual maintenance meetings with people, there's something new mm-hmm. that may we may not have discussed before because it's something new. Sure, just like come with a couple of these things, uh, or it could be. Uh, you know, it could be anything about, you know, on the last tax law about property taxes or about uh, maybe using your retirement accounts if you don't need them for your tithing or for uh, or for whatever charitable gifts you might use so it right. won't be income tax if you can't get the charitable deduction. Talk about all sorts of different things that as laws change right. that uh, will – is there something you could do to make things better for yourself and your family? Makes sense. Um, with all of uh – I've been in the radio industry for 30 years, as I've mentioned to you before, off air, and I teach all of my salespeople, the first thing they ask our existing clients when they sit down with them is two words, what's new? And what you just said, what's changed since we last met, so that we can know uh, about you better, and you know what you know about your business better as a result of those changes. Absolutely. It's very helpful. Yeah. So uh, that's a, that's one other bill that's changed. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there's a bill to, you know, when you have a will, you have to usually name an executor. But what if there's no, um, nobody wants to serve, perhaps? It's very difficult. There's You have to go through a whole big process. So the estates code goes through all sorts of different issues and how an administrator could be appointed. Mm-hmm. To make it a little bit easier, you could uh, one of the proposed bills before our state legislature is that if the the person who signs the will, the testator or testatrix, um, gives the uh, executor the power to appoint an administrator, if they uh, cannot act or will not act um, or doesn't want to act. Mm, very good. Um, so. In the past, you had to have, you know, all the potential beneficiaries agree, and it was a. Uh, I, I have a case right now where they started the case uh, about a year and a half ago, and they still haven't gotten things done because they had to go through all the, you know, the motions and things that you have to do under the current law. If this law was in existence, it would probably uh, made things a little bit easier if the person's will. Gave that authority. So that tells us that maybe our, like, even basic will plans should change so that you can give that authority. So if you have a will, uh, you know, sometimes people all die. Um, and, or maybe they only chose one or two people. And, you know, usually when you have an executor, you choose at least one executor, but you might have an alternate executor as well. Good. But, you know, 
I probably wills uh, last <laughs> few weeks that were one was from like the 1970s. Wow. Yeah, and they never changed their will. Luckily, there was still uh, one person um, that was named as the alternate executor still alive, and he was elderly, and we were very fortunate to be able to get him mm-hmm. to act. But mm-hmm. otherwise, they said, oh, to my kids, to my kids were my, the kids were minors then. Well, now those kids are considered probably elderly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the um, uh, so a lot of times, so the, you know, when they make improvements, then it's something that uh, at least every attorney should look at, and sure. perhaps the clients, not necessarily on all situations, of mm-hmm. course. But that's another illustration that now should I be, if you weren't doing something about digital assets before, maybe say, okay, say something about them. Um, of course, we've been saying something for years now, but mm-hmm. the another thing is about the ability to appoint an administrator. And so in the, if you get some sort of standard will, obviously that wouldn't be in there. Right. Uh, so, so when you see these changes, then you make changes to your documents mm-hmm. to make it easier for your clients if anything bad should happen. That's okay. the whole idea of planning. Excellent. I like it. Okay. Is there one more bill at least that uh, may sure. come down? Sure, sure, sure. Um, um well, I'm going to talk about one thing, and that's um, a couple things about Medicaid. Uh, one is a bill to ask the state government, I mean, ask the federal government. The federal government is in control of funds. Uh, Medicaid, as you may know, uh, has a um, uh, it's a program between the state and federal government, and the state gets most of their funds from the federal government, but the, the feds make the rules for the most part, although states could have their own individual rules. And, um, you know, as we know, since we've cut down on taxes with the last tax bill, then there's going to be probably cuts in Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. Uh, one of the proposals is to have block grants where the states would take less money and then they get to make their own rules. Uh, Texas would like that probably. Um, so they'll, they said, we can make our own rules. We'll make it tougher on people. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, so it, the good news is less taxes. The bad news is if you need health care or Social Security or Medicare, there may be some cuts and some of the benefits that you would have gotten in the past may no longer be there. Okay. Uh, and, and another thing on, on that that gets into uh, – they're, they're even thinking about uh, as far as Medicaid – is a limitation on the statute of limitations. Right now, the state government uh, for Texas Medicaid has no statute of limitations. This may be a longer topic. I don't know how much time we have here today, but it the basically um, right now, let's say you have a home and you should ever go on Medicaid. The state has a right to go after that home after death to the extent that Medicaid benefits have been advanced because the home is a non-countable asset generally when you apply, but then the government has a right to go after it after your death to reimburse it for its expenses. Uh, right now, the government has no statute of limitations. Hmm. So 30 years from now, they could somebody who's been living in that home, they could come back and take that home. Amazing. So, but but uh, the state is only what they call a class seven creditor, which is way down the line. They're a claimant rather. They're, they're, it's not. It's an unsecured creditor, and so it doesn't rise. There's a lot of things that are under the state's code that are higher levels, but people think just because it's the government, they should be treated differently. 
So one of the proposals is to have a four-year statute of limitations if somebody acts through an independent administration on their will. Mm -hmm. So this leads to some different strategies that the attorney should utilize if nobody, if they didn't plan. Of course, in the past, we've talked on other shows about things like ladybird deeds and transfer on death deeds and the use of trust to avoid estate recovery. Or if there are some other, there's lots of different exceptions that we've talked about on prior shows. Um, but here, this may give another opportunity because in, you have, let's say somebody hadn't planned at all. They didn't do any of those ladybird deeds or transfer on debt deeds or, or using trust in a certain way. Then what you might do if that person had a will is wait until a little bit closer to the statute of limitations, give a notice at the end. Well, you don't even have to give a notice if it's an independent administration. So after four years, the statute of limitations expires. Hmm. And so at least there's some more certainty. Right, right now, either, either you do nothing and you're subject to the state recovery many, many years from now, or you could do what they call dependent administration, where you do have to give notice to all creditors, um, with different sets of rules. Uh, you'll get the statute of limitations running in, in just a matter of Months you could have eligibility. I mean, as the cut statute of limitations that is, mm-hmm. uh, or uh, the other option is to have independent administration if this new law passes and still give notice to the state. But the problem with that is that's pretty easy to make a claim, and so that probably would be unsuccessful. I see. But it shows you again the bills are uh, now you could do some planning, or at least you could help somebody who failed to act. Um, and sometimes there's a lot of those people. Got it. Wow, that's a handful. A lot going on. <laughs> well, there's lots more, but you know, I don't know how many things people were interested in knowing about. Sure, no, that's very helpful. Um, so the theme of today's program, obviously, is change, change, change to keep up with the times. Um, everything moves so quickly these days that um, you shouldn't be surprised that these bills are now in play and may become law in the near future. Uh, Michael also admonished the audience directly and indirectly, to make sure that you're current, that your plan is current. And the way to do that is to simply sign up for his next workshop. That is on Saturday, April the 27th. And Michael, tell the audience exactly what goes on at those great workshops. Well, these workshops, first of all, are, of course, free. Uh, And we ask people what you want to know. Anything they want to know about estate planning or Medicaid or VA, there's all sorts of different types of things, whether it's planning for public benefits, in other words, or for your own will or trust or whatever it may be. Anything about estate planning, we ask what you want to know. And then I write down a list of those questions at the beginning of this two-hour free estate planning essentials workshop, and we just answer the questions. And for the people who do attend – First of all, I, I, you're going to learn something. I, I can guarantee Always. that. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. And and you know, even if you, uh, if nothing else, that's that's what you're going to get. But if you wanted to go further, we do only for the people who attend the free estate planning essentials workshop, give a free. KWM coffee mug, which I know is uh, everybody, everybody's clamoring for, mm-hmm. but more importantly, quite frankly, is 
Uh, we give a free one-hour visit to the to you or your family to go over your own situation. No obligations. It's just uh, something we do for the, as a courtesy to those KWM listeners and to anybody else, quite frankly, that uh, signs up for our free workshop. That's three free hours uh, worth well over $1,000 in terms of Michael's time. And it will be well worth it because you will learn a lot at the workshop. And, of course, then Michael can zero in on exactly what your circumstances dictate. And if there needs to be changes made to your plan, assuming you already have an estate plan. And, Michael, 99.9% of the time, you usually find something that needs to be amended, don't you? Well, I tell people exactly what what's good and what's bad, and, and I let them make choices if, you know, whatever is important to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, all what really all matters is what's important to the client. So that's we just say, okay, well, just tell us what's important to you. And we if you want to do something, we can. If we not, well, if you don't, that's okay. That's fine. We'll part friends. If you are interested in going to that free estate planning essentials workshop, though, we do recommend that you sign up at your earliest convenience. Uh, to do that, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. DallasElderLawyer.com. And that's also the same spot where you can sign up for the um Facebook Live event, if you would like. Uh, but, you know, really, uh, we think that you'll find a very good time, I hope, and you're going to learn something. Yeah, three things about the the website. You can find out about the Facebook Live event. That's May the 3rd. Uh, what time and what day is that? The, the one on May the 3rd is at 10 o'clock on a Saturday. Saturday. Okay, great. So you can just sit in the comforts of your own bedroom, for that matter, and just listen to Michael talk about estate planning. And uh, you can also ask questions, can you not? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. On, on a Facebook Live event, what happens is you never know what the questions are going to be. And then people, while we start talking... Uh, they put their questions in, and I look at the questions on the computer and just answer them as we go along. Free, wise, deep advice from the best estate planning elder law attorney I know, which is Michael Cohen. So sign up for that workshop. Um, it is on April the 27th. Dial 214-720-0102, or go to DallasElderLawyer.com. DallasElderLawyer.com, and also when you go to DallasElderLawyer.com, you can also download the podcast. Yes. Is that correct? Uh You can do that if you miss something or want to hear something a second time or third time or share it with your friends. And then you can also get a copy of Michael's monthly newsletter that he sends out electronically. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, our blogs, I'm proud to say, we've gotten... Oh, top 10 in the state um, about a dozen times now. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, so we write five new articles every month. So, um, you know, so like one of the topics we talked here about today, uh, the SECURE Act was is going to be in our May newsletter. Very good. Well, that would be helpful. So tons of information for you. Attend his next workshop. Call as soon as possible. Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen. Thank you, sir. Thank you. When we declare doing it your way, as Christians, such is actually and should always be God's way. It's imperative that our planning includes implementing indisputable biblical principles, such as leaving a financial gift for your church from your estate. 
Not doing so would certainly be considered poor stewardship, which no believer wants to be held accountable for. So call Michael Cohen's office to sign up for the next Essential Estate Planning Workshop to ensure your estate is in complete Christian accordance today. Dial 214-720-0102. 214-720-0102. And be certain to listen to Michael Cohen right here on 770-KAAM.